everyone and welcome back to Murphy's League. Very special episode for you guys. It's going to be the very first preview episode of the year. I'm going to quickly cover every single game in week one, all the betting odds you need to know, all the concepts. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode. I'm not going to try and cram it all and just oversaturate the hell out of this thing. So I'm just going to cover each game quickly. Because it's week one, that's the only reason why I'm going over every single game. In future weeks, I will not be going every, every single one. I'll probably be doing um, what I did last year, so I'll probably be doing bi-weekly uploads. So I'll have a preview episode, um, most likely on Thursdays, like today. Just talking about some of my favorite bets of the weekend, some of my favorite matchups. Again, not going to be talking about every single game because that would just be, take way too long. And I do want to analyze some of these games in more depth um, once the season is coming upon us. So that's why I don't really want to spend time on every single game because, you know, it's just, again, it's oversaturation. I'm only doing it this week, but it's going to be a lot more condensed. So you won't have to worry about, you know, sitting through an hour long podcast if you really do want to listen to each and every single one of these, um, which again, if you are, I appreciate the hell out of that. And then again, I'm probably going to do a review episode on Tuesdays. So Tuesdays will be the day where I talk about everything that happened the weekend before. Thursday is going to be the episode where I'm going to talk about everything that's coming up soon. If I don't do that format, I'm probably just going to do a single weekly upload on Wednesdays where I cover both. I'll probably cover like five games and then preview five games, something like that. Um, I'll talk about best bets in every single episode. I'll review my best bets and how I did. Um, this episode won't really include best bets, just some bets that I like, because again, it is week one. I'm just getting kind of adjusted, used to it. So hopefully you guys enjoy this format. Um, let me know what you guys prefer in these things and however you want to display that. You feel free to, you know, if you have my number, text me. If you want to reach out to me on Instagram, DM me at Murphy's League. Just let me know what you guys prefer. Again, this is, I'm all just kind of, feeling out and going with the flow going with whatever feels right if you guys have preferences that would be a huge help to me for making these types of decisions so again it's either going to be um, one review episode on tuesday one preview episode on thursday or just a single upload a week i guess it kind of depends on my school schedule and how busy i am maybe it might just depend on the week and how much work i have um, that week in school and also with my you know real job um, so we'll see again, just kind of, kind of feel it out, see how much, how bad my workload is. And then we'll go from there. Um, anyways, without further ado, let's get into some of these games. So tonight we have the opening game of the NFL season. Very, very excited for this one. I'm sure all you guys are. Um, I've been talking about this for what feels like fucking months. It's finally here. So without further ado, let's talk about, the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams. Buffalo is obviously two and a half point favorites right now, um, which to me was pretty surprising just given, I know a lot of people were buying into the Buffalo hype train, including myself. I think Buffalo is going to be world beaters this year. I, thought, I think Josh Allen is due for an MVP caliber season. If you've been listening to me, you already know all this. I think they're going to be one of, if not the best teams in the league this year. I think they have a serious shot of winning the Super Bowl. But with all that being said, I really do like LA in this game um, because, again, they are the underdogs right now, so you can get them for plus money, which is always you know helpful. It's plus 115 right now. Um, I really like taking the over, which is at 52, 52 points right now. Could definitely see this being a shootout. But I think the main reason why I'm taking the Rams here is one McVay and his genius and all the you know crazy schemes he can whip up that no one's really seen before in week one obviously there's still film to be studied from last year but McVay's like 
so good at just disguising what he's doing. And I think with all this offseason time, he's really going to, you know, get back in the lab. Him and Stafford are really going to have this thing, you know, a lot more dialed in than they did last year. Stafford did lead the league in picks last year. I'm sure you've already heard that stat a million times, but it's very much out there. It's very true. Um, I think they're really going to get a lot of these kinks out of the offense, and it's going to be a lot more smooth and just not as clunky at times. And with that being said, I think that the Rams receivers are going to have really big games for themselves. I mean, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, they're both immediate starts on your fantasy team this week. And that is because Tredavious White is out. So the starting cornerbacks seem to be Dane Jackson, who was a rookie last year. I believe he got eight starts, one interception. Not great stats, just pretty untested. And then they have Kair Elam, who is a first round rookie. And again, not easy to go from college to NFL as a quarterback, especially when you're playing against, you know, possibly the best, cor- uh, excuse me, the best receiver in the NFL. And then you, when you're not on him, you're on Allen Robinson. So it's not like it's an easy job anyways. I really think McVay and his coaching staff are going to try and find creative ways to use these guys. And they're just going to abuse these corners. So that is why I have Los Angeles. In addition to just the emotion around it, first game of the season, they're going to go through that Super Bowl ceremony. Um, I really think that's going to do some, you know, help them out a little bit in this game. If I do sound stuffy, it's because I'm not even sick. I just woke up and I had such bad fucking allergies today. Um, you guys can probably hear it in my voice and it's still kind of early in the morning for me. You know, it's like, it's like 1030, but (laughs) point is I woke up not that long ago. And (laughs) ever since then, I've just had this, that, so sorry about that. I hope it's not too bad on the microphone hopefully it don't sound like an absolute moron let's move on to the ravens at the jets um i believe yeah ravens at jets the jets are seven and a half or sorry seven point dogs in this one no really surprise there again not really much to talk about i guess it'll be interesting to see what the ravens do in their backfield it'll be interesting to see if jk dobbins is good to go in this game if he is you should definitely be starting him on your fantasy teams um if not i would just stay away from this backfield i'm pretty sure it's between um, because Gus Edwards still isn't back either. I'm pretty sure it's between um, Mike Davis and I can't remember the other backup. I think Kenyon Drake is the guy there, if I'm not mistaken. So they'll probably be splitting touches. Either way, um, the Jets are the Jets. And, you know, now Zach Wilson's really not even not playing in this game. So just not much to talk about here. We fully expect Baltimore to win. Um, a touchdown is a pretty big spread for week one and crazier things have happened. But again, this isn't really a game I want to go near betting. It's just not really worth it, in my opinion. So not much to talk about. I think the Ravens are going to win. They, I could easily see them winning by more than a touchdown, but not really a bet I want to go near. Up next, we have the Texans versus the Colts. Again, not much to say here. I think all of us expect the Colts to win. Crazier things have happened in week one. I wouldn't necessarily be so shocked if the Texans pulled it off. Um, but I guess, you know, the biggest thing is just what to expect from this new Colts offense. And, um, there's no Colts team as a whole, you know, they've added a lot of talent. It's not just Matt Ryan that they've added this off season. They also added Stefan Gilmore, you know, former defensive player of the year, unique Ngakwe. They've added a few really good rookies in my opinion, especially Alec Pierce and Nick Cross, which I think can contribute in this game. Uh, right from the get-go so it's just gonna be really interesting to see just how good these Colts look Um, is Jonathan Taylor you know is he gonna have an MVP caliber season which I think he totally can have and again would not surprise me if it happens so just I guess we'll just see what first impression do these new Colts make um, for their fans for the NFL as a whole and you know 
how much can they beat the Texans by, I guess. Up next, we have the Washington Commanders versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are actually two and a half point dogs in this one, which kind of surprised me in a way. Um, oh, I skipped one, but I'll, I'll come back to the Panthers and Browns because I do want to talk about that one, obviously. Um, yeah, kind of surprised me that they were underdogs, but then I realized that it was in Washington. So I guess that's kind of the difference in the two and a half points here. But I think, you know, the biggest question of this game just has to be how much better will Trevor Lawrence look this week? And, you know, this year as a whole, how much better can he look without, you know, Urban Meyer there uh, with Doug Peterson there, who has been known to elevate his quarterback's play. Obviously, we saw him and Carson Wentz almost pull together an MVP season before he tore his ACL. And then their backup came in and won the Super Bowl. We all know how that went down. Uh, incredible story there. And Doug Peterson maybe hasn't gotten the fairest shot since that moment. Um, I do like the Jaguars sneaking this one out for all the reasons I mentioned. I think the Washington Commanders are just a team that we haven't heard a whole lot from this offseason, and they had a very up-and-down, kind of strange year last year. I know, in theory, they've upgraded at quarterback, but you know how reliable can Carson Wentz be, really? Um, we know that he causes a lot of turnovers we know that he can make some absolute numbskull decisions even with all the talent he has and you know i was just talking well about him given his mvp season at the same time doug peterson knows him really really well i think that's going to be an issue for carson he knows carson what he does well he knows what he doesn't do well so i really think that plays into the jaguars hands very well as well um i feel like i just said well so many times in the last 10 seconds. Anyways, I do like the Jaguars sneaking this one out. I like their spread. I like them covering two and a half points, but if you're really feeling it, take their money line because I could definitely see them winning this game. Um, me personally, I'll probably just be taking the spread at minus 110, but their money line is plus 115. So if you want to make a little more bang for your buck, you absolutely go for it. I just don't find it different enough to be taking it. Um, these spreads are funny too because you know I forgot like two and a half point spreads. It's just a, it's just a field goal. It's it's a really funny way to look at <clears throat> scoring. Anyways, um, I do like the Jacksonville Jaguars there to upset the Washington Commanders in Week One. Up next, I have the Patriots versus the Dolphins. Oh wait, let me come back to the Browns versus um, the Panthers because I forgot to sk I skipped that the first time around. So the Browns, non surprisingly, are underdogs in this one by one and a half points. Um, I think a lot of people are taking the Panthers. It is in Carolina, so that does make a lot of sense. Obviously, the number one story in this game, everyone knows, and everyone's been talking about it all week, so I'm not going to go over it too extensively, is Baker Mayfield playing his former team, a pissed-off Baker Mayfield playing his former team, who, you know, normally when Baker is really playing with his emotions, it can be really good or really, really ugly. So we'll see how this game ends up being. Um... I'm not so quick to just automatically lock the Panthers in as winning this game. And again, it's only because the Cleveland Browns know what Baker Mayfield is. They know what he isn't. They know what he can do well. They know what he can't do well. They know what ticks him off. They know what, you know, hypes him up. So I really think they're going to be using that in a lot of different ways this game. I really think that it's going to reflect in this game plan. I think this could be a pretty low scoring game because of that. I think both offenses could have kind of a tough day both these defenses at least on paper are pretty goddamn tough and i think that we could see you know a little bit of a low scoring game i'm not saying i'm going to take the under this one uh it is at 42 and a half points right now are the although it is tempting i think i'll probably just be staying away from the betting entirely on this game i just think it's going to be a really interesting one to watch as a fan and that's what i'm really looking forward to in this game just who will come out on top baker or his old team because i genuinely can see it going both ways like i said um 
I lean slightly towards the Panthers. Obviously, they're the favorite, so that's not a hot take at all to say in this one. Um, but again, if the Browns pull it off, I will not be surprised in the slightest. And, you know, it might just put another chip on Baker's shoulder for the rest of the year. He might not even forget that. It might just light a fire under him all over again. And I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see how Baker handles it. We'll be. We'll, I Obviously, we've seen him under pressure. He's been pretty damn good at it before. But we've also seen him, you know, make some stupid decisions, in my opinion. I think he should have shut it down, you know, right when he injured his shoulder last year. And if he did, who knows, possibly he'd still be a Cleveland Brown and Deshaun Watson would still be, you know, yet to be signed. Who knows? But it could it could possibly be that way. Up next, now we're going to talk about the Patriots versus the Dolphins. I believe this game is in. Let me double check and make sure I've got it right. I believe this game is in um, Miami. Where is this? Oh, yeah, it is in Miami. Patriots at Dolphins. Dolphins are three and a half point favorites in this one. Um, their money line is all the way up to minus 190. I believe it started at like minus 175. And I was still buying some shares of that um, when I saw that spread. Or sorry, when I saw that money line. Um, but now it's just a little too expensive for me. I don't really, you know, love the value of putting a hundred dollars or putting $190 down and only getting a hundred back. But I really do think that Miami's going to pull out the win in this one. So I'm just taking their spread now. It's at three and a half points, but I still think that they should win this game by more than three and a half points. The over-under is at 46, which I was tempted to take the over on that one too, but I'm not going to. Um, the Pats offense, we've heard a ton of reports coming out of their training camp. Um, that has looked really, really bad. Um, their weapons are not separating well. They really don't have that many elite weapons as is. I think the strength of their offense should be their tight ends, but who knows if those guys can stay healthy. Um, and the Dolphins obviously have made tons of upgrades this offseason. They're a far more talented team on paper. That's just not really an argument, in my opinion. You can look at nearly any position group, compare it to the um, Patriots position groups and you're going to see that the Dolphins are better in almost every single regard. Obviously the Dolphins are a little more unproven um, in terms of coaching, in terms of their quarterback um, a couple other aspects but you just, you can't deny I mean look at their corners the Dolphins have the edge. You look at their weapons, the Dolphins have the edge by a mile you look at their offensive line, the Dolphins probably have the edge now, now that um, Teron Armstead is there. They made a couple upgrades with Connor McGovern and a couple other young guys that hopefully are coming into their own here. Um, I mean, you look at the one place that, you know, you can maybe make an argument is the Patriots might have better running backs, but when you have weapons like the Dolphins do, it really doesn't matter. And when you have a system like Mike McDaniel's going to bring, you can make a lot of running backs really productive in that system. I think Chase Edmonds is due for a really big year. If you've been following me, you already know that I've been talking about a lot for fantasy purposes. Um, <clears throat> there's a, been a system change. So that should help the run game there of the Dolphins. And then just looking at their defenses, I think the Dolphins are far superior in all regards. They're deeper in a lot of different positions. Obviously, Belichick is a defensive mastermind. Um, so that, you know, is a, a plus for the Patriots, obviously. But I mean, with the system change, uh, with this complex defense that the Dolphins should be running a pretty similar scheme, um, I feel like that's going to give the Patriots offense a lot of troubles. And again, the Patriots don't have a history of not playing very well in Miami. So I really like taking Miami's spread here at minus three and a half. Up next, excuse me. Up next, we have the New Orleans Saints versus Atlanta. Atlanta is our five and a half, five and a half point dogs in this game. Um, not really surprising. I think Atlanta has a shot of being sneaky this year. Um, just with 
honestly a really really good rookie class in my opinion i think um ryan pace and his guys over there did a really good job yes i did say ryan pace because he is there now look it up that's why he's been signing all these former bears but i mean between um oh man i'm forgetting that linebacker's name holy shit uh he was one of my absolute favorite prospects coming out of the draft um he went to montana state linebacker absolute freak of nature ran like a 442 and it's like 240 and i just cannot remember his name shit hold on i'm gonna look it up because this is gonna piss me off sorry guys i have to um rookie linebacker troy anderson of course how can i forget that troy anderson um troy anderson is an absolute stud they have other guys that are rather rookies like arnold ebikitty i don't I still know how to say that guy's name i'm sorry arnold ebikitty desmond ritter who i really liked coming out of college he's my number two quarterback prospect so they have my number two quarterback prospect my number two linebacker an edge rusher who barely was just out of the top five and a lot of people that i watch had him within their top five well within their top five like i'm talking one or two um, so I really like those guys. Obviously, AJ Terrell, a very young special corner. Drake London, another rookie that could be making a lot of noise. Kyle Pitts, second-year tight end, who could emerge as the best receiving league. Excuse me, receiving tight end in the league this year. Um, so there's a lot to like for this team in the future. But again, I think this is just the Saints game. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to be betting on it. And in my heart, I think New Orleans does win easily. But I just don't like the spread being this far apart in week one because week one is the week where just a bunch of random shit happens and then over so everyone overreacts and then everyone thinks they know what they're talking about and then you know five weeks later the league corrects and then all these teams that we thought maybe had a chance of like emerging are not and then all these teams that looked like they were going to be really bad are actually a lot better than we think you know that happened last year with the colts and the jaguars perfect example or two years ago i believe it was uh when philip rivers first got there and then the jaguars ended up winning and that was the only game they won all season long so a lot of random shit like that happens in week one it's just you know betting on this week is never easy and i really don't like doing it so that's why i'm you know pretty hesitant on a lot of these if you can't tell either way i do like new orleans in this one i think new orleans just has so much talent i think new orleans is really being slept on as a team it's a bummer their schedule is so brutal or else i would have them making the playoffs but you know they can possibly still make a run they have a lot of pieces really good weapons uh, still good offensive line one of the best running backs in the nfl uh an amazing defense that i don't think people are talking enough about that's going to be really damn good once again um, if you have the saints defense in your fantasy leagues you should be absolutely pumped up next we whoa that was probably so fucking loud. I'm sorry about that, guys. I was I was like flip, I was playing with a dime with my finger just like as I was talking because I've you know I just fidget a lot and yeah I dropped it obviously. Anyways, up next we got the Eagles versus the Lions. The Lions are four point dogs in this one. Um, again, I don't really know where to start in this one just because both of these teams have changed so much it's gonna be really exciting to see how far these teams have come in one offseason obviously these teams are in very different positions detroit was you know the number two overall pick last year for a reason they had a really really rough season but a lot of really close games that could have gone their way at the end um this is a team that a lot of people are hoping they're on the upswing who knows how fast it's going to translate i guess that's really the point that i'm trying to make and same goes for the eagles a lot of people are taking the eagles as you know a playoff team they're taking them to win the nfc east i do think they're the best team in the nfc east it's going to be interesting to see if they can just catch their 
stride immediately. They they are another team that have had a lot of offseason additions. They just recently added Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but obviously the big headliners are going to be um, AJ Brown and I'm forgetting the edge rusher's name right now. Uh, fuck. Hassan Reddick is obviously another really big name in there. Uh, they've got Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean back there on defense, the two Bulldogs that, you know, could definitely contribute to this team. And we just saw them win a national championship not very long ago. So, going to be really interesting to see there. My heart leans towards the Eagles, even with that big ass spread of four points. Um, but again, it's week one. Crazier shit has happened. I'm not going to like make it my best bet, lock it in. I'm probably not going to put money on this one at all. I'm just really looking forward to see where these teams are at, uh, how far the Lions have come this offseason. Obviously, we've been watching them on hard knocks, but that doesn't you know always translate to games. Um, they've looked extremely entertaining on hard knocks and uh, a lot of credit to that crew there. But I guess we'll see what ends up happening in this game. Not too much to talk about here. Not many bets to cover. So. Let's just move on ahead to the Bengals versus the Steelers. This game is a lot more interesting to me because the, right now the spread is sitting at six and a half points, which again, week one, a lot of crazy bullshit happens. Six and a half points is a hell of a lot of points. That's, you know, betting. If you're taking the Bengals spread, you're betting on them to win by a touchdown or more. That just seems like a lot to me. I know the Bengals should be back and better than ever this year they still have the basically the exact same core that made it to the super bowl last year but they've arguably made some upgrades um not even argue but they have made upgrades on the offensive line so joe burrow should have a lot more time you know no more getting sacked nine times in the afc championship game uh but with all that being said i think the steelers can be sneaky in this one i'm not saying they're gonna win the game i'm not gonna you know put my name behind that at all but i really do like the steelers spread here i mean mike tomlin is still there he's a fucking killer head coach again still i'm gonna keep saying it because you know it hasn't changed yet he still hasn't had a losing season as a head coach um he's proven that he can manage games very well he's elevated a lot of quarterbacks gameplay when you know they really shouldn't be as good as they are um i think he can do similar things with mitchell Trubisky. And I think that, you know, Joe Burrow and his guys are going to have a lot of success, obviously, because, you know, they're the Cincinnati Bengals and they're high flying. But I mean, the Steelers are just a really good football franchise. They always seem to be relevant. They always keep it competitive with their rivals. And I think there's reason to believe they can keep it within six and a half points here, especially in week one. I mean, think about it. Last year, the Steelers played the Bills in week one. Everyone and their mother took the Bills. Everyone was riding off the Steelers because, you know, Big Ben and his elbow and no one really thought they could do anything. They ended up winning that game in Buffalo. So, again, crazier things have happened. This is in Cincinnati, which, you know, does add a little, you know, I guess make it a little sus. But I don't know. I just, I can't really explain it other than just the Mike Tomlin effect. And I think the Steelers defense is just really, really damn good, honestly. But I think they seriously have a shot of covering that spread. Again, not going to win the game, but I think there's a really, really good shot that they cover that spread. And I really do like taking their six and a half points at minus 110. Up next, we have the Niners versus the Bears. Um, I'm saying the same argument as I just made for the Steelers. Seven points is a shit ton for week one. I mean, we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. We don't really know what this Niners off. I mean, we know what the Niners offense is going to look like. It's it's Kyle Shanahan. It's going to be that zone gap running scheme. Um, it's going to be, you know, a lot of running lanes, open holes. Trey Lance is going to use his feet a lot. Um, probably a lot of dink and dunk passes over the middle. 
but that doesn't mean that he can execute it on you know the best level. This is a guy with only 17 starts in his college career. He has 318 pass attempts in his entire motherfucking college career. The guy is extremely raw. We really don't know what to expect out of this guy. We know athletically he's a freak. We know that he can run really fast. We know that he's really strong. We know that he has a bazooka of an arm. That doesn't mean it's all going to translate onto the field. And again, the Bears might be a team that a lot of team that a lot of teams are counting out. It is in Soldier Field, so that does help a little bit with the home field advantage. Um you know me. I've been talking shit about the Bears all offseason. I think they're going to end up being one of, if not the worst teams in the league. If you just saw my power rankings on Instagram, I had them dead last. So, again, I don't have high expectations for this team at all. But seven points in week one, crazier things have happened. I was literally saying all week that the Niners were going to absolutely pummel, pummel the Bears and that there was no way I was betting on this game. And then I looked at the spread, and then I kind of got myself thinking. I was kind of talking myself into it. And... I kind of like plus seven for the Bears. The over-under is also extremely low right now at only 40 points. I could definitely see that going over just because, again, there's a new scheme coming into the Bears. I don't think a lot of people know exactly what to expect. In theory, their offensive line should be a lot better. And Justin Fields had one of the very best games of his career against the Niners last year. Uh, he had probably the best play of his career so far against him on that scramble where he broke like three ankles defenders, turned a corner on all of them. It was just an absolutely awesome play. So hopefully it's pretty similar to that in this game. I guess we'll end up, you know, we'll find out in three days here. Anyways, I can't put my name behind it, so I'm not going to tell you guys to go put money behind it, but... And I'm a total homer, and I just want my Bears to like keep it competitive because you know no one wants to see it. Even if I expect their, my team to get blown out, no one wants your your team to get blown out. You know what I mean? So, in my heart, and again, this is probably just rolling with my heart. I do like the Bears plus seven. <laughs> Call me crazy, I know. I don't fucking care. Up next, we have the Vikings versus Green Bay. Um, call me crazy, but I actually do like. Minnesota's money line here. Minnesota are one and a half point underdogs in this one, but I mean, Al Lazard has been beat up all this week of practice. That is not, we're not sure if he's going to end up playing on Sunday. If he does, it doesn't sound like he's going to be at 100%. And to me, that's a really big deal because. I think Green Bay's biggest weakness, as is, is their weapons, and they're going to need to keep up with this Minnesota Vikings offense that can put up a shit ton of points. I'm not saying they will, but they have all the tools and weapons, too. Kirk Cousins, obviously, slinging the rock back there, but it's really this new Kevin O'Connell system that's coming in that I have a ton of faith in, that I think there could be a lot of points scored on the Vikings side of the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see if Green Bay can keep up. I'm not sure if they can. Green Bay's defense, again, might be one of the best defenses in the league, but I think Minnesota's offense should just be that good. And especially in week one, when you don't know exactly what to expect with the new system, I think it's going to you know help the Vikings out a lot. And I think Green Bay is just... Too much noise coming out of that, uh, excuse me, coming out of that building, I guess, this offseason. So I think these teams are kind of just trending opposite directions right now. I'm not seeing that Green Bay can't pull it all together and end up being a serious, you know, playoff contender, um, even though I don't think they will be. I'm not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but all I'm trying to say is right now, it feels like the Vikings are in a better place. I know that's the first year in the new system and you got to get used to it and whatever, but I really think they can catch Green Bay off guard and end up stealing this one in um, Minnesota. Yeah, it is in Minnesota. So it's, it's a home game for them. So again, that helps. Up next, 
sorry, <laughs> I'm chewing a piece of gum. Up next, we have the Chiefs at the Cardinals. This is the Cliff Kingsbury Bowl. Um, again, I'd rather not start on this one betting-wise. I just really wouldn't want to get into it. Um, the Cardinals usually start the year hot. We saw that the last two years. The Chiefs tend to start the year cold. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true. They just started last year cold. So, obviously, if something similar happens, this could be potentially one of the best value bets of the entire week. I mean, right now, the money line for the Arizona Cardinals is at plus 205. That could be literally the best value of the week if they end up pulling it off. But I just can't bring myself to do that. I mean, we've seen the Cardinals just crumble against good teams many times. We've seen, you know, a lot of mishaps. And we've seen how great the Chiefs can be. So I just really can't put my name behind the Arizona Cardinals right now. And, again, I don't really want to bet on this game at all so i'm not really putting my name on anything here and besides deandre hopkins is suspended for the six first six weeks that's a really big deal that's one of the best weapons in the entire nfl and he is fed a lot of targets on this offense so that's a really big loss obviously marquise brown is there but marquise brown is n no way in hell deandre hopkins and chandler jones is gone which again is a really really big deal um, Chandler Jones is still a really, really effective pass rusher, and he's going to be really good for the Los Angeles, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. I almost call them the Los Angeles Raiders. Up next, we got the Raiders versus the Chargers. Speaking of Chandler Jones and his new squad, Chargers are three-point favorites in this one. Um, I really like the over in this one. It's at 52 points right now. I couldn't believe that the Chargers were favored. I was kind of surprised, but then I realized it was in LA, so I guess that kind of makes a lot more sense. I honestly, in my opinion, I have no idea who's going to win this game. I lean with the odds and the Chargers, but I it, it's going to be a really damn good game. Both these teams always play each other really tough. They're going to have a lot of great matchups in this game between, you know, the corner, the cornerback matchup and the wide receiver matchup between J.C. Jackson, Devontae Adams. That's going to be really fun. Are they going to put him in man against him most of the game? I wouldn't because Devontae can literally torch any cornerback in the NFL. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do there. I think the most key matchup of this game, though, has to be the Chargers pass rush versus the Raiders offensive line. I've been talking a lot about the Raiders offensive line. It's probably the weakest part about this team and maybe the secondary as well. But... Um, are Khalil Mack and Nick Bosa just going to ruin this game for the Raiders? I could definitely see that happening. I could also see both offenses just having their way in this game because, you know, there's so many weapons and how do you contain them all? And you've got to respect the pass game so much that you really can't stack the box to stop the run and you can't rush as many in the box as you want to. So that affects things as far as blitzing goes and as far as, you know, getting after the quarterback. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how this game plays out. Again, I lean the Chargers a little bit just because offensive line and defensive line differences. And then the Raiders secondary, along with all the Chargers weapons going out there, I really just think it's a little bit of a mismatch. But again, you never know with these teams. You never know with this division. This should be a really, really fun game. It's awesome we're getting this in week one in LA, and it should be a really fucking fun game. Up next, we have the Giants versus the Titans. Uh, again, this is kind of a boring game. Not much to talk about here. I don't expect too much from either one of these teams this year. I'm just very interested to see just how both of these offenses look. Obviously, A.J. Brown is gone from the Tennessee Titans. They have a new rookie, Traylon Burks, and a new number one in Robert Woods. It's going to be interesting to see how they use these guys, how efficient Ryan Tannehill is looking, how their offensive line is looking, which it had times last year where it definitely looked pretty shaky. It's going to be 
curious to see how Derrick Henry is running coming back from that injury. So I guess that's really what I'm interested in on the Titans side of the ball. And the Giants side of the ball, it's kind of the exact same thing. It's what is Brian Dayball going to do for Daniel Jones? Is he going to look significantly better this year? This Tennessee Titans defense is no slouch. Yeah, Harold Landry just tore his ACL. That's a big bummer. He's out for the year. But there's still a lot of dudes on this Tennessee Titans defense. They still got Kevin Byard back there, one of the best safeties in the league. They still got big Jeffrey Simmons in the middle, um, one of the very best defensive tackles in the entire league. They still have some dudes there, so it's going to be really interesting to see how the Giants counteract with that, how the Giants' offensive line play looks. Um, I believe Evan Neal is fully good to go, all chilling, and they've got... Um, I'm forgetting his name, Andrew Thomas, who really had a breakout year last year. So two really solid tackles. Let's see what they can do against the Tennessee Titans. Again, not betting on anyone in that game. Just kind of want to stay away from it. Tennessee Titans, if I didn't mention it already, are five and a half point favorites. Up next, Sunday night football, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. I like the Bucks spread here. Um, Cowboys downgraded in a ton of ways this offseason. Um, just lost a ton of guys. I mean, Amari Cooper's gone. Randy Gregory's gone. Um, Michael Gallup's coming back from injury. They lost... I'm missing one other pretty... Oh, I'm missing like three big names. What am I saying? Tyron Smith is likely out for the year. He tore his muscle. It sounds like it was... I'm pretty sure it was his hamstring. It came off the bone. Absolutely brutal stuff. They lost... Um, Lyle Collins to the Bengals. They lost Connor McGovern, a pretty damn good guard to the Dolphins. So with all that being said, especially those three offensive line subtractions, um, I really think Tampa Bay has a really good advantage in the trenches. I think Tampa Bay's defensive line is just an absolute mismatch for this Cowboys offensive line. And I think we could see something very similar to last year's game when they played each other when Dak threw the ball 56 times. I think the Dallas Cowboys could throw the ball a shit ton because I just don't think they're going to be able to move this wall of a defensive line that is the Tampa Bay Bucks defensive line. Um, and we may see Micah Parsons rushing up the middle quite a bit against the Buccaneers because he's proven he can rush against guards and centers. And that's definitely the weakest part of Tampa's offensive line with all the injuries they've had. And I just ultimately think the talent of Tampa overpowers Dallas. I think they win by more than two and a half points here. And I just don't think offensively they can really keep up. And defensively, I think they're just going to suffocate Dallas in just enough ways that Tampa Bay pulls out the win and covers the spread of two and a half points. <laughs> Excuse me. And the final game that I'm, of this week that I'm going to talk about is Broncos versus the Seahawks. This should be the Broncos' grand reveal party. They should win in a blowout. And it really shouldn't be too exciting of a Monday night football game other than of course just the narrative of Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle but I want to flip it on its head for a second what if it doesn't play out that way what if say the Seahawks know exactly what to expect from Russell Wilson they've obviously he was playing there for a decade plus so they know exactly what he's like what if the Broncos come out and they look stale and you know, they're really not killing on offense and the Seahawks defense is making, you know, a little bit of noise and people are getting surprised and Russ doesn't really look like all it. That could be kind of an awkward conversation for the Broncos. They just gave up, you know, three or four picks for this guy, a few players. They just paid him the second most that an NFL quarterback is getting paid in the league now. Um, 
it would make a really awkward conversation if they found a way to lose this game. I'm not saying they will at all. The Seahawks are obviously six and a half point underdogs in this one for a good reason. They're one of the worst rosters in the NFL, but it's really interesting to think about if the Broncos look stagnant and Russell Wilson isn't out there just absolutely lighting it up. Will it be an awkward conversation? Maybe. I don't know. That's all I got for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed me going over every single game. Again, in the future, it won't be like this just because there's just too much. It's going to be too oversaturated. I won't be able to cover this many games and actually give you guys content that's, you know, I guess in depth and analyzing and actually mean something. So again, I really don't love this format just because it feels like I want to go into deeper depth on a lot of these games. So I'm going to cut it down. Um, just stay tuned. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be going down, how my uploads are going to be, but either way, um, let me know what you guys prefer once again, because I'm going to take that to the heart and I'm going to probably go with, you know, whatever I see most from you guys, if it works out with my schedule as well. So that's going to be it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to follow this account. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Murphy's League and share this with your friends and family because it means a whole lot. Good luck on the bets this week. I hope that this episode helps you guys. I hope that you take some of my advice and maybe we can win some money together. All right, guys. Peace out. Appreciate you guys.